leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Therapeutics is harnessing the body's natural process for controlling protein levels to target and degrade proteins that drive cancer and other diseases. Its small molecule therapies control key enzymes responsible for protein breakdown and can be used to modulate the levels of proteins within cells. The company believes it can leverage the approach to treat a range of diseases. We spoke to Arthur Sands, CEO of Nurex, about the company's discovery platform, its pipeline of cancer therapies, and its recent collaboration with Gilead Sciences to discover and develop drug candidates against up to five targets. Arthur, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to Talk about Nurex Therapeutics, its platform technology for targeting harmful proteins, and its partnership with Gilead Sciences to discover and develop up to five disease targets. Perhaps we can begin with some basics. What role do protein mutations or dysregulation play in various diseases? Yeah, so these mutated proteins are generally the drivers in cancer that i that means they they basically cause cells to divide in an uncontrolled way which leads to a tumor uh and so proteins that are mutated are uh are obviously bad actors for the cell and so we basically are able to take them out um that is to actually degrade them or destroy them and block therefore the proliferation of cancer cells. That's the goal. There are normal cellular mechanisms for controlling proteins that Nurex is trying to harness. What are these and, and how do they work? So normally the cell is able to uh, control or, or regulate its proteins, and, and that's how it controls its life cycle and all of its metabolism. But the uh there and there is a machinery in the cell in order to accomplish that that machinery uh is known as the ubiquitin proteasome system kind of a complicated name but um the term ubiquitin originally was used because these proteins were these these control mechanisms were found everywhere um they're ubiquitous um and the cell can tag proteins for degradation or for destruction as a mechanism 
to regulate them, to control them. And, and many of the proteins control cell division and cell replication. And if uh, one can harness that, uh, which we can with our drug molecules, one can actually uh, redirect the cell or uh, basically uh, give it the, the incentive uh, via these molecules to destroy harmful proteins to the cell. And that, that's really what we do, and that's what Gilead is interested in, is being able to make new drugs that can redirect this natural protein homeostasis. That's another term that's used, so this protein balance uh, for the cell, uh, so, such that you can treat disease. What is being able to degrade or, or modulate the level of a protein represent an attractive therapeutic approach? It's a new approach, number one. So uh, new approaches are always welcome for intractable diseases where we really haven't done very well, like cancer. Um, it's a new approach, and it's one that uses, again, the, the natural you know, cellular machinery, the natural bodies, the, the body's natural machinery to actually regulate protein levels. Uh, but it's it's more than just being new. It it's actually um, catalytic, and what that means is, um, once you harness it and turn it on, it amplifies its effect. It amplifies kind of naturally its effect. So you can get an amplification of the therapeutic effect within the cell uh, with this type of molecule. And, and normal drugs or regular drugs that, that we've had for, for decades uh, don't do that. Uh, they basically inhibit a particular target or block it for a period of time, and then they wear off. Um, these drugs have an ability to um, persist, if you will, and, and use this catalytic, catalytic mechanism uh, in order to exert their therapeutic effect. People still talk about so-called undruggable targets. How does your approach provide the potential to target proteins that may have been out of reach to other therapeutic modalities? That's a very a very good question and a very big point. Uh, so the traditional drugs need to block a particular protein via uh, an active site or a catalytic, you know, a, a site that, like an enzyme site or some other particular mechanistic site of the protein. Uh, many proteins don't have that. And so they were, before this technology, they were uh, unapproachable uh, for drug discovery. So uh, this approach allows us to basically tackle any protein, uh, whether or not it has an active site or some kind of enzymatic site, uh, we can we can tackle it and we can knock it out or de degrade it. Uh, so that's the big difference. And there's a whole, uh, really, host of, of, of proteins that are, have been known for a long time in cancer to be uh, to be mutated and deregulated and be the the causes uh, of cancer that we, by traditional drug development, we've not been able to tackle. We've not been able to hit them. Uh, this offers the approach, the, the, the promise of being able to degrade those proteins. You're not alone in, in pursuing protein degradation as the basis for therapies. What's different about 
Nurix's approach, and is there a case to make for why what you're doing is better? Well, indeed there is. We think there is, and I think Gilead does too. That um, So in order to, to trigger this mechanism to degrade proteins, one has to harness a particular enzyme within the cell, which is called the E3 ligase. So uh, there are, in the genome, in our genes, there are over 600 E3 ligases encoded in our genome, which is a uh, very large number. And what Nurix has done is been able to uh, really harness uh, many of these ligases. So uh, the entire field has been working really on two E3 ligases in general. And right now, Nurix, we've screened up over 20 of these ligases. And we've built the chemical libraries uh, in order to do that. So in order to harness an E3 ligase, uh, one needs the chemical matter to actually be able to build a drug. You need the molecules. And we have invested heavily in a particular type of library technology, which is called DNA encoded libraries. I, it's, it's sort of a, an interesting and very powerful technology, but it's where you use DNA to actually tag and code small molecule libraries that allows you to uh, hit or, or bind to uh, really unique proteins. And these E3 ligases are very unique proteins, and so you need the libraries of chemical um, molecules in order to do that. So we built that, um, and in fact, uh, they're working quite well, and we are finding new chemicals that actually will interact with these ligases, which allows us to build these harness molecules and actually uh, harness this machinery to then degrade target proteins. You've got two lead clinical preclinical programs. I, I thought we could walk through each of those. The first target's BTK. What is BTK and what indications are you expected to target with this? So BTK is uh, a, a protein that will, when degraded, will allow you to treat lymphomas and leukemias. So it's a very important control protein for white blood cells, that is lymphocytes, uh, within the body, which um, if they grow out of control, you basically end up with leukemia and lymphoma. You have a proliferation of these cells, and it's a, um, a, a blood-borne tumor that is, uh, of course, um, fatal. So BTK, uh, which stands for Bruton's tyrosine kinase, um, is a particular protein that controls a particular uh, B cell lymphocyte development. So a, a white blood cell, which is a very common form of leukemia and uh, lymphoma. So BTK uh, needs to be degraded in order to treat uh, lymphoma leukemia. There are drugs out there right now that inhibit BTK's activity. They sort of block it for a while. Uh, but there are uh, mutations arising in BTK that make it resistant to the current therapies. And so our approach um, is to basically take out BTK to destroy it, um, and uh, hopefully resistance will be futile. Is the expectation that this would be a, a standalone therapy, or would you expect to use it in combination with other therapies? 
Everything we've seen so far in our mouse models of lymphoma tells us it can be a standalone uh, therapy. Now, uh, but however, in addition to that, it is important to develop it with regard to combinations because patients are often on, you know, um, have been on usually multiple therapies um, in order to try to, to treat their disease. So we are looking at combination approaches, but but we we do see single agent activity in, in all of the uh, preclinical models of uh, lymphoma. You're also pursuing CBLB as a target. What is that? What indications do you expect to pursue there? So CBLB is a very interesting uh, E3 ligase. So that is one of these ligase proteins I was referring to earlier. Um, and it is a key control point for the immune system itself. So in this case, we're not trying to uh, uh, necessarily... Uh, CBLB is not a target uh, for cancer. It is a target that if we hit it, uh, we can stimulate the immune system. So normally CBLB down-regulates or suppresses your immune system. And in the case of cancer, we want to turn on the immune system so it can can see the cancer, see the tumor, and actually attack it. And this is the whole field of immunotherapy. So CBLB is a very interesting molecule. It's an E3 ligase. No one's been able to drug it so far and make a drug to this thing. Um, we think we've got it. Um, it is an oral agent, and it is a very powerful stimulant of the immune system. And would that be used in combination with other immunotherapies or by itself? Well, we're going to find that out. We think it can be used uh, by itself. Again, we test everything, you know, first as single agent. Uh, however, again, it's a, you know, cancer is a polypharmacy sort of uh, approach, right? It's a war. So we do also want to be able to see it in combination with other immunotherapies that exist today. Uh, and we think it will actually be very versatile in its ability to combine with uh, current therapies. In June, you announced a, a broad partnership with Gilead Sciences that involved a $45 million upfront and potential milestones of $2.3 billion. This covers developing therapies for up to five targets. Is, is there any target you're pursuing yet as part of that collaboration? Well, we've already initiated all five. And, uh, you know, of course, we have not disclosed exactly what those targets are. Uh, and, you know, we're but we're moving on them. Some of them are I guess I would say some of the better known targets in, in cancer among in the scientific community, but to date they have not been druggable. And so uh, these are, are, are proteins that uh, everyone would love to be able to hit. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to have a, a really good shot at it. Any way you're going about prioritizing indications you'll be pursuing? These are the type of cancer targets that basically uh, will allow us to hit many different tumor types across, uh, you know, from pancreatic to colon to breast cancer. Um, these are very, uh, very broad, uh, potentially acting uh, drug targets.
and that's what makes them very attractive. And is Nurex expected to play any role in the development of these candidates? We have the ability to actually develop these candidates uh, in in collaboration with Gilead for two of the five programs. That's a, a very important um, you know business point: is that we can participate in a 50-50 uh, cost profit share with Gilead for the U.S. Uh, development of these oncology uh, future products. Uh, and that, that's going to be a real value driver uh, for Nurex because it's important to, it's very important for an emerging biotech company to own a, a substantial portion of the product rights uh, for its future drugs. One of the challenges of collaborations like this for a company like Nurex is that you have to place a fair bit of faith in, in your partner. What confidence do you have that Gilead will prioritize these programs and move with the speed you'd like? Well, Gilead has an absolutely superb uh, chemistry team uh, that has developed a number of you know, blockbuster drugs. Uh, they basically, you know, changed the whole medical rule book for hepatitis C with their breakthrough drugs. It's really uh, amazing what Gilead has done. And they understand what it takes to actually make a breakthrough agent. Um, and so their chemistry team has been here. We're, we're both here in the Bay Area in San Francisco uh, we we um, we have five teams already on the five targets, working very closely together, and we believe and uh, we know actually by by working with them that uh, they're going to be a very powerful partner for Nurex. Arthur Sands, CEO of Nurex. Arthur, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.